Hi, friend. It's Brittany Moses and Ranella Kalagithi, and you're listening to Speaking Our Minds, the podcast that brings you honest and nuanced conversations around mental health, holistic wellness, and the real complexities of what it means to be human in the challenges of today's world, where we have fun, fascinating, and meaningful discussions around how to live a more insightful, connected, and whole life from the inside out. Joined by guest professionals, thought leaders, and some of my friends and those with lived experience. As always, we ask that you keep in mind that the views and opinions shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from your clinician or provider and is ours to discern. We're so glad you're here. Follow the conversation on Instagram at Speaking Our Minds Pod and sit with us because we're diving in. This podcast episode is brought to you by WeShare by UHSM, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current health care, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.weshare.org or call 1-800-900-8476. Welcome to another episode of the Speaking Our Minds podcast. So glad you decided to spend your time here with us today. This is Brittany. And Vanella. And, and sorry. <laughs> now you go. Now you go. <laughs> you go. So today's episode is about being single all the way, navigating Woo-hoo. singlehood, dating, and societal expectations during the holidays. I have my bestie Christina with us. Hi, Hello. Christina. Hi, bestie. Hi, Hi bestie. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I miss your face. (laughs) I know we are virtual right now because if you cannot hear it, I have been sick with the flu all week. It is flu season. Take your vitis. Um, And so we are all on Zoom here, but could not miss this episode. It's going to be so much fun. Um, We're talking about being single during the holidays and all that comes with it. But Uh, For those who aren't familiar with Christina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why (laughs) this, why this conversation is so relevant for you? Sure. I'm kind of a lot. No, (laughs) um, I, okay. So I had a blog called the DTR blog and I, um, was kind of known for writing about dating, um, faith, mental health, how we connected, um, in our, in, and navigating that with our faith. Um, and so I started that about seven years ago, and that has since morphed into um, a, becoming a comedian and a writer, but more commentary um, expanded um, into like news, politics, culture, faith. Uh, and so I do all a lot the of light that stuff. now, and I live, <laughs> yeah, all the light stuff. Um, <laughs> and I live here in Nashville, but I still love to commentate and write about dating. And so here we are. <laughs> oh my I'm gosh. So excited about this because <laughs> I just feel like you have to have a comedic take on this whole 
um, this whole like topic. This is it's not just like a serious topic. It's like this is real life. So I'm I'm excited about this. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the humor comes naturally. I guess you could say. <laughs> yes, yes, it's so funny. Me and Christina have talked a lot about how we use humor to cope <laughs> and uh, and even uh, maybe as we learn more about Christina's story like how humor has actually played a big role in your life and just in the things that you've coped through in life and how this is all birthed actually from a number of hardships that you've been through yeah I just uh I was raised in the church uh, my mom converted to Christianity through the televangelist Benny Hinn but my family's Iranian so it comes with quite a set of um dichotomies that create humorous outcomes I guess you could say um and so um, about 10 years ago, my mom passed away and then I went through my whole process and I found writing to be healing and then also my very dry humor to be a way of coping. Um, and so that's how it all started. And here we are today, still using humor. Yes. Yeah, so I know we have some like heavy topics this season. We're talking about seasonal depression and mm. loneliness and grief and loss and all of those things are so important. Uh, but we also wanted to have kind of a, a, a lighter conversation and also just kind of have some fun this season too. And so that being said, Christina, we have a quick game that we wanted so to fun. play with you to just <laughs> jump out the gate. Uh, I don't know, Ronella, if you wanted to start yeah. All right. So these are quick fire questions. So we're just going <laughs> to rapid fire ask you these questions and whatever comes up to the top of your mind. Do you stay far away from Hallmark lovey-dovey movies or do you love them? I love them. I, I, people are shocked by that, but I love every rom-com Hallmark, even just to make fun of them too. What's your favorite <laughs> yes. one? Um, I recently... Well, not Hallmark, but I watched She's All That on an airplane. And Ooh. I was like, that is such a good movie that has just, they don't make them like that anymore. I know. There's the nothing 90s, like the 90s rom-coms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, there's nothing <laughs> like the 90s rom-coms. Those are uh -huh. so good. What is your go-to holiday movie? Um, Probably, I mean, The Holiday. Uh, with, Classic. Um, yes with uh Cameron Diaz yeah I love oh that movie. I yeah movie. I mean how can you not yeah it's the best <laughs> that Kate Winslet Jack Black mm -hmm. yeah law yeah oh my goodness I love it so um fill in the blank all I want for Christmas is <laughs> um what was that first thing you were thinking of <laughs> Just well, joking. Okay. I feel like it's so immature, but it's like five-year-old Christina is like, I want to be really rich, like a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so fair. Shallow. <laughs> no, it's so real though. We all do. <laughs> Alleviate a lot of things. Um, real or fake Christmas tree? I have a fake one. I wanted to light it so you could see it's like perfection. You just put it up Ooh. and it's perfect. And that's partly because I'm single and it's way easier to put a tree up that's like this than true. a real one. That's true. That that's is so the true. fake versus real tree is a cause of dissension. <laughs> uh, it's a real cause of uh, conflict in our home. <laughs> I was yeah. raised with real trees. Jason was raised with fake trees and it's a reoccurring conversation every year. <laughs> What are you doing this but year? We end up getting the real one. Oh. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, we we have like a fake pre-lit <laughs> with like pretty much all the same ornaments every year. Um, what's your favorite part? Exactly. What's your favorite part about being single during the holiday season? Favorite? Um, yeah, I can travel freely when I want um, without having to consult anybody. So I take advantage mm -hmm. of that. And um, I just went, went to Boston and... Yeah, it didn't have it was you know I could just go and do it so I love that that's nice too and then you also don't have to coordinate all the things of like whose parents house are we going to this year and this mm -hmm. and that and this and that no my family <laughs> makes it dramatic enough because they're like are you coming <laughs> I could actually see that yeah yes you could <laughs> knowing your family I could totally <laughs> see that uh -huh. so what is the worst part about being single during the holidays um, probably watching all the movies and actually going to all the, I love going to watch the lights and do all the festivities. And there is a thought of like, oh, this would be really nice to do with a partner. That makes sense. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Very fair. Winter Wonderland getaway or a sunny beach vacation? Okay. I actually have always wanted to do like a Northern lights excursion. Ooh. So, um, probably winter wonderland, but I mean, how can you turn down a trip to Hawaii? So I think oh. they're both great. <laughs> if you could invite any fictional character to be your holiday date, who would it be? Oh, oh man. Um, well, I read, I also read a lot of kind of like romance rom-com books mm -hmm. like Daisy Jones you know all of those so probably one of the male characters in those yes. books <laughs> they're always like they're always like chiseled jaw like silent type but then they open up in the book and you're like oh this sounds like a lovely counterpart <laughs> it's almost like they've been written <laughs> right it's like they're fake <laughs> it's almost like they're scripted <laughs> right not real <laughs> Oh my gosh, Ranella, my, my sister loves those, those. Is there a fictional like, person okay. you would bring, Ranella? Oh, yeah. You saw my face and I was like, ugh. <laughs> um, right now, my uh, celebrity crush is Ryan Eggold. I don't know Wait, if you know who he is. They have to be fictional. They can't oh, be real. Fictional. Like a character. Oh, a fictional character to be your holiday date. Oh, gosh. Um, She's oh, like a celebrity okay. is unrealistic. So, so does so, that yeah. count? <laughs> so I would say um, Ryan Eggold in one of his, whatever characters he plays. Like I'm watching The Blacklist right now, which is an old show. Um, I yeah. don't love his character from that show because he's like, he, he really can't get out of his criminal activity. But um, but he's the main character in New Amsterdam, which I haven't watched yet. So he looks mm. like a nice, like medical dad. We love noise. a medical dad. Love a medical dad. Oh my gosh. So um last question here. Have you ever kissed under the mistletoe? <laughs> I think I forced a guy I was dating once to do it. Yes. So yes. How did that happen? You forced him. Well, force with consent. Force with consent. What? <laughs> like I just was like, no, it's like we need to do this. And he was like, what? And then I was like, look, it's mistletoe. And then kiss. Oh, that's cute. I've never, really cute. I don't think I've ever even been under mistletoe. Well, you I can force yeah. him by creating your own. I could force him with consent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds legit.
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm so excited that we're talking about this because I too am single and oh. I think there's just so many great topics within this topic that, um, you know, we're going to be talking about singleness and dating during the holidays. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be talking about the sociocultural shift of women's role in society and how it has affected dating, marriage, and singleness. And we're also going to talk about, lastly, how to manage expectations and enjoy the holidays while you're single. So this is going to be very relevant to mm. not only those who are single, but those who interact with single people during the holidays. Mm-hmm. I love the like, and I love the mix that we have here. You know, obviously you, you ladies are like single in your thirties and then there's that whole dynamic. And then I'm newly married. Right. So I've been married for like a year, but I was not too long ago, single around the mm-hmm. holidays had experienced, you know, breakups, divorce, newly going to the holidays with. So we have a, we have a good mix here of kind of like experiences, which is great. Um, That being said, you know, this season is commonly known as cuffing season or cuddle season. And like, what is, what does that mean to you guys? Like, what is, what is cuffing season? What does all of that, what is all that made up of when you hear that? I feel like being in Nashville where it's cold during winter, I can understand it way more than being in California Mm. because it's genuinely cold. And you're like, (laughs) I, as a practical thing, you're like, it would be nice (laughs) to have a warm human body next to me, you know? So practically, I feel like that's what it means. Um, And also just like it gets dark at 4 p.m. now. So it's like, oh, all of these things, it's a more vulnerable time. So we're like, Oh, it'd be nice to have a boyfriend or a guy just for this period. (laughs) And that's what that means. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My favorite SNL skit, I think is, um, the one where they're the, the big boy. (laughs) Oh yeah. Video. I need a big boy. Uh (laughs) I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's cuffing season. <laughs> I love that whole thing. Have you seen that one, Brittany? Uh-huh. No, no. I'm gonna have to look oh it gosh. up. I have to share it with you. It's hilarious. But yeah, basically, it's like they just want a big boy for cuffing season to keep them warm at night. You know, I think it makes sense. Even Christina, like you said earlier, you know, there's a lot of activities that are happening during this time. A lot of people are spending time with family. It feels very like um, kind of emotional. Also you're settling down. It's not like the summertime where you're off and you're traveling and you're like doing a bunch of things. It's like, now things are more settled down. You know, it's getting cooler. It's getting darker. You're trying to cozy up. And so it makes sense that it kind of highlights the want need or desire to kind of have someone or to have a partner to share these experiences with, or to do these things with, or to bring around your family, um, just because of the nature of all these things that are popping up around this time. Um, like you said, even if it's just for like, she's like, just for this season and then (laughs) January back to normal. (laughs) If you are single in your thirties or, or over, during the holidays, what are some things that you guys have heard or that you are most likely to hear? Definitely going to Thanksgiving dinner and that 
one uncle that you only ever see once a year that's just like, so how's it going with you? Have anyone in your life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and even like strangers, you know, like if you go to an event, like a work event, a holiday party, um, you know, people bring their plus ones. So mm. It's like, oh, who are you bringing? And the expectation is a guy. And a lot of people that I know who are single women, they'll bring their friend. So, um, which is very normalized now, but it, it yeah. definitely, there is this like, who are you bringing to any holiday thing? And it and the, it being like a significant other. Yeah. Oh, I love the idea of bringing a friend though. Like that's so, so much yeah. fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I just had an event um, last week and- I invited Ranella because I was like, she's like, are you, are you sure you don't want to take your husband? I was like, we've been to a bunch of stuff. It'd be so much fun if you came. Like sometimes it's just fun to go with your girls too. It like. is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You get like, I mean, nothing against men and their photography skills, but you do get like better pictures. I think. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ranella got all the shots. So there is that perk. There are perks to bringing your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's like so interesting because when you are in your early 20s, you know, like teens, 20s, it's just a time to like explore and people are like, you got plenty of time, you know, you're good. Like none of those questions, like focus on school. And then all of a sudden you're like 25, 27, getting into your late 20s and people are like, all right, like time's a ticking, you know, where's, where's your man? And it's, it's, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, well, I know we'll talk more about this, but um, being here in Nashville, like people my age or older, and even women in their forties, there's like, you either have three children or you're single. Like, so there's a large single population, which I think now after reading, and I sent that thing to you, Brittany, I think it's larger than just Nashville. Obviously it's like, um, generally speaking um, across the U S at least. And probably Europe and wherever anyways. Um, (laughs) but it's, it's like, like on Wednesday, I went to a country music award after party and my friend invited me as her plus one and she's 40 years old. And it's like where it's just so normal. And, uh, so it's, it's so great. It's so nice. I love that. that Yeah. I know. It's so strange because it does go from this shift of in your twenties, like don't worry about guys. They'll always be there. You know, just focus on you, focus on your career for focus on school, everything you said, Ranella. And then you get to your thirties and it's like, you have, you don't have a guy yet. Like then it's like, what's wrong with you, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, like, I, it's interesting how that kind of shift takes place. Um, sometimes with, with yeah. folks, you know, I, and, it, and I think what like happened also, to focusing on yeah. my, on me, right? <laughs> you know, I was just going to say also like, being externally outside of the church, I have found that that pressure is lifted a bit. So I mm, think like being in church community, the like hyper fixation on trying to find a partner and like single women being completely crazy also in like, tr- like, you know, being like, I, we have to get married, you know, yes. and then externally outside of that, I've met so many women who are just like killing it in their careers or traveling all over the world. And doing all of these things or, or serving their communities or creating nonprofits that literally like change the world. And they're right. like, Oh yeah, that's just what I wanted to do. You know? 
Oh my gosh. There's so much you can do when you're single. Like, like now being married, I love my husband. I would not (laughs) trade it for the world. But even we had that conversation where we realized like, for example, when I was single, it was like any extra time I had, it was like, I would be blogging or I'd be like working on my Mm. blog or I'd be like building an e-series or working on a guide or like something like that. And then now that I'm married, if it hits 6 p.m. and there's nothing to do, we're both like, let's just sit on the couch and watch a show. Like, Mm -hmm. or you're just like sitting and eating together or whatever. Like your attention then goes to your family or this other person, which is great, but it does take away that, you know, space and motivation maybe to do other things that you would be doing with that time or building with that time. So, I mean, there are just like, I'm not even say pros and cons, but there are just different pros to everything. But we did notice that like when Jason was gone for a week and at this like piano retreat, he was like, I pra- I got so much done. I practiced for hours. I'm like, while you were gone, I too got so much done <laughs> here at home. Like I worked on so much and I got ahead on so many things. I was so much more focused. And so, yeah. um, so yeah. yeah, there definitely is like that perk. Yeah. And I feel like, um, too, when you are, I think that's so important when you're single to have so much more of an identity outside of the identity of being in a relationship. Because yeah. I love how uh, Christine was saying that at the after party, it's just like, you know, your friend that's 40 brings you and that's just so normal. And it's not like that in small towns. It's not like that in certain communities, thankfully in bigger cities, or, you know, like you said, in certain communities, like maybe outside of faith in, in some contexts, it's a lot more acceptable. And I think that's so healthy and so good because And again, we are going to talk about this in a minute, but like, you know, the sociocultural shift is, is so strong now and women, you know, before that was a lot of their identity. And I feel like almost collectively in the last 50 years, we've been just exploring who we are outside of that identity. And I think that's just really awesome. Yeah. And then that kind of asks a question of like, what happens when singleness is not a season, right? Like singleness is talked about a lot, um, especially kind of in the church growing up as a season, like you're just in your season of singleness, you know, what if it's been like 20 seasons, it's been years, you know, (laughs) um, how do you, how do you shift your, how do we shift our thinking around that in a healthy way of not just seeing singleness as a season, but potentially as, you know, a a large part of, of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great question. I think I actually really don't like the term singleness because I feel like it's a Mm. church created word that uh, is like an identifier that isn't necessary. So like, an example is I have friends, Brittany is one of them and Renella, you're a new friend now. Um, (laughs) but Brittany never asks me if I'm dating anyone because she Mm. knows if I am and they're important, I'll tell her. So like there isn't this, and, and a lot of my friends, um, close friends are, are like that. And, um, so rather it being like, singleness is your identity. It's just life. Right. So like, I'm, I'm living my life and I'm single, but it's, it's not the main identifier of my life kind of thing. And, and that changed for me when I, um, started to have more experiences outside of church. Cause I felt like, um, church community and, and, you know, I guess they were trying to 
to in bring an inclusive culture with single people. So um, there wasn't a necessarily a negative connotation to it, but still it was like um, in faith spaces of, of all kinds, I feel like there's a fixation on your marital status and your and, and bearing children. And if you're not, if it's not like, oh, are you single or are you married? Or are you going to have kids? Are you going to have a second kid? Are you guys done with kids? Like, you know, so it, it's never ending. Um, and so I, I'm just living my life. And I think that that's just normal, <laughs> you know? I love that. And I, I want to kind of ask a little bit more about that because there might be some people who are like, what's wrong with like staying single or what's wrong with like asking if you're dating anyone. And I, I would love to hear more about that. Cause I think these are such important conversations to just bring awareness and to mm -hmm. help people see a different side and help people realize that, yeah, when you, when so many people all the time are asking you that question, it becomes apparent that that is how you are defined. And that's something that is like, we're trying to change and shift in the culture. So if you could, I don't know, just like share a little bit more mm -hmm. about that. Like what could people say and, uh, you know, like in, instead of single or instead right. of, you know, yeah, that whole thing. I feel like people project a lot in their, in their way of conversating, especially if they don't know you. So it's kind of like an easy question. Oh, you're single. Are you dating anyone? So that's no problem. Mm. But a lot of people, um, especially if they grew up religious and they are married and they have children and a family, um, for them, it, it could be the most important thing for in their life and which is normal. Um, but that's not the same for everyone. Right. So they may project onto you that kind of, um, attitude maybe, or outlook on dating and be like, are you dating someone? And that's literally what they ask every single person, or they want to set you up or they want to, um, they know a single guy. So they're like, Oh, maybe. And you're like, actually, like, I don't think we're compatible. Like there's no kind of, um, critical thinking outside of, outside of that. Um, and so I, I feel like a lot of people project when they're asking if you're dating anybody, uh, it's their version of what they view as important. Um, and I have found, like, I write a lot of jokes about dating online, but every single woman for the most part hates dating apps. And we're asked <laughs> a lot if we're single, Oh, are you on dating apps? As if we've never thought about that, you know, as if it's <laughs> like this, <laughs> like golden idea that we didn't, you know, or, um, or they try to find a solution where I don't think being single is a problem. Therefore, I don't think there needs to be a right. solution. It's just like, I love that. Oh, it, it, you know, I'm it in just a place is. now. Yeah. And there's Brittany has known me for quite a few years and there's quite a few years that I put dating on the back burner because I was going through so much and needed to figure out who I was later in life. Cause I was a purity culture kid. So like I learned a lot of stuff later and now I'm putting myself out there and I feel confident in dating. So I'm just in a different quote unquote season. And so it's just, you know, the seasons of life you could say. I or, love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you know, I, like you said, I think it's ways that people just try to quickly connect. It's the same thing with mental health where people see things that are like, maybe not particularly helpful, but it, they they're, think they're being helpful by saying what they think they should say, you know, and it's actually just a means of connection. It's not like any malintent, but it's good mm -hmm. to be aware of. Um, and that being said, you know, and, and I know I had this thought when I was uh, single after my divorce and I was a single mom and boy, being a single mom at church, I felt my, I felt my singleness felt mm. so highlighted. Um, but have you guys ever had the thought? Cause I had the thought 
of like, what if I'm single for the rest of my life, right? Like that's a thought that goes through people's heads a lot. It's just like, do you guys feel like, I know for sure, I know at some point I'll meet someone, so I'm not really worried about it. Or do you guys ever have the thought of like, I could be single for the rest of my life and I accept that, you know, cause I know, and for some people that's actually a, even a fear, the idea mm-hmm. of being single for the rest of your life. So yeah. So what happens when it, thinking about that, maybe this isn't just a season, like how yeah. do you guys think through that? How do you guys cope with that? What is your perspective of, yeah. of that? I used to think that I had to kind of I took it as a binary situation and I had to either be okay and like want to be with someone or be okay single for the rest of my life. And those are the only two options. Right. And even now I make a joke and I'm like, if I'm single at 45, I'm going to move to New York city because that's not there. And like, you have all the, and it doesn't matter, you know, (laughs) but I think the older I get, the more I learn to just take life in the present. And I I have met so many people, including you, Brittany, who have met their partners at, at various places in life, um, various ages. (laughs) Yeah. I've met people who, um, divorce and then find love at 50 or find love at 60 or find love at 25, whatever. But it's doesn't feel realistic for me to make a promise to myself or, or not a promise. Like I need to accept that I'm going to be single forever. Like, I don't feel like I need to do that, but there was a time where I did. And I was like, I'm fine if I'm single forever, but it's not, it's not a realistic thing to even say. Cause you're just like, you're so young. Like you have your whole life. You have no yeah. idea what's going to happen, you know? So I try to, that's the outlook I try to take down. Oh, I would say 100% the exact same thing. There was a time when it was like, actually there was a time when I, I didn't even want to think about that. Like, oh, I do not want to think about my life being single. What is life? You know, if I, if I never get married and that was more so in my twenties. Um, but as I've gotten older and I've gone through different relationships that haven't worked out and then have been single at various times. Um, I, I just like, the more I think about it, I, I love that because it's a very nuanced answer it's not realistic to imagine yourself either being single or being married for the rest of your life. That's actually either way is actually not that realistic. And so projecting in and of itself is not helpful, but um, either way, I think I've come to learn to trust that I will love my life in general, as Mm -hmm. I continue to love myself, to self-express, to live authentically. And if that includes a partner, then cool. That must be part of my life story. That's going to make it like, you know, that much better, but it's not the thing that's going to make it incredible. Um, so I have thought about that probably in the last few years. Like I, it like, let's just say I had to be single forever. I, I, you know, you just find a way to be okay with it at every stage and enjoy where you're at. Because I firmly believe that being present and enjoying what is, is like, is actually the destination. (laughs) Yeah, I I completely agree. Because even like, before I had met Jason, I didn't know I was in school. So in my mind, I was like, I'm not gonna be with anyone until I fin. I'm done in like seven years or whatever. Like I was kind of more prepared for that. Um, 
But then I don't know why I had this thought. I was in my bubble bath because I was in my like single self-care <laughs> and where I was like, I'm just going to treat me and like date me and like do all the things that I like. And I remember just taking full advantage of that time being like, okay, I'm going to do all the things that like I want to do all the things that I have more time to do being single because the moment that I do meet someone, if I, if I do meet my husband, my whole life is going to change like that. I remember just having that thought. And this was, I hadn't even met anyone yet. There was no one on the radar, but I just remember, but I had been married before. Right. So I knew what that life looked like. So I knew I was like the moment, cause that could be at any time. You don't know the moment that that happens, your life really does change. Like overnight. And then that is your life. And then, mm -hmm. and I knew I was like, and then I would never get this back. Like I would never get this single time back to like do the things that I wanted or the freedom to, um, build the things that I wanted to kind of build on my own, like where I have that soul reserved time for kind of myself and the things that I wanted to do. Like you still kind of get to do those things when you're married, but it's different. You have split time. You have split attention. You don't get that full time back. And then sure enough, I ran to Christina because <laughs> we became friends shortly, like right when I had then met Jason, like sure enough, I randomly met my husband and boom. And then in my, my mm -hmm. whole life changed his too. Our whole life's changed after that. And then our, a lot of our time became consumed with one another. And then other things start slowing down that you used to do um, just kind of naturally. So, so yeah, I completely agree with just being present with that time because whether someone comes or not, you just, you, you don't know. And, and if, and when it does happen, you don't ever get, you don't get that back, you know? Yeah. And it's really, really special actually. That's really good. That's really helpful. Probably. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people will find that helpful. I mean, it's true though, because literally yeah. you can, it meet, is. It you is can true. meet your husband no, and your next yeah. year right? Like you could meet them in two years, right? Like, cause you don't know. And from then on you're, you won't get this time back that you have. Right. I know this girl, um, Sarah or Sarah runner. I think her handle is O M G S K R. And she's very funny. She's a humor writer. I'm sure you okay. guys have seen her on social media and she would write about being single. So a lot of people compared us cause we have similar humor. She mm. met a guy and a year later they're they bought a house together or something. And I, I was like, and she wrote, she's like, literally it can change so fast. It's true. And I think that we like kind of are like, Oh, I'm single, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> right. but it's like, it literally can change so fast. And then what? And so I'm, I really appreciate that outlook. Cause it's, it is true. It's the reality. Yeah. 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 I found in my own experience that, um, whenever I get into a relationship, and this is actually something that I'm just like trying to work on in general in the future. But um, whenever I get into a relationship, like my time and energy and everything just is funneled there. And I think there is obviously, like you said, there is nuance to that whole thing, because obviously when you're married, you can still do those things, but it is just not the same. It's not the same. No. And so every time, like actually, like every time I've gotten out of a relationship and now, you know, and I'm single, it's like this. <sighs> like, oh my gosh, I get to, let me like go and sit. I mean, obviously you go through the like sadness of the breakup, but eventually when things even out, it's like, oh, I get to like go and sit in my bed at, at, at 8 PM by myself <laughs> with my computer and my food and just like watch my favorite show and just be and 
like, you know, all the things that Brittany and I are doing take so much time. I mean, Brittany's like my boyfriend right now. I mean, like there's, <laughs> there's so much. I mean, we are always texting. We are always calling. So absolutely. I, I just, you know, and, and then I think it's hard because some people might be like, well, what if that's all you've been doing and you're ready for someone now? And it's like, well, then I, I kind of think that maybe you, you haven't actually found um, like a really great purpose in your life to keep you excited or something to get you going if you're just always waiting for a relationship to come like yeah it's you know this is the time that you find like all the things about yourself and who you are and what you love so it's a special time for sure I was talking to Renella about this too how you know there is so much hype around finding a person right? I feel like there's more hype around finding a person than actually then being with the person, right? So like the whole like, so we've been, we're newlyweds. We've been together six years, but newly married for like a year now, right? And so there is so much hype around like finding that person, dating that person, definitely in the engagement period and definitely the wedding, right? Like all of that part is hyped. Once you're married, you habituate, (laughs) Like you habituate to your lives together mm. and um, it, it doesn't, not saying it goes downhill. I mean, it's great. You know, I love being married, but it's just like, then that just becomes your life. And then that's just kind of life, you know, and that's your life. Like, you know, and so I feel like most of the hype is around that whole process of like finding the person, because once you've found them, then everybody's like, okay, like, you know what I mean? Like nobody really cares anymore. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, they're together. They're married. That's their life. That your, your, your status, your relationship status and where it's going and all that stuff isn't as much of a thing anymore. Yeah. So, so that's really interesting is like all the hype that leads up to, but then it's like, once you're married, it's like, okay, you habituate to your life and then that's your life and you're still you. And they're still them. And yeah. it's not like anything um, magical, like changes, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Anything like magical that j- just happens, like, you know? I feel like also the wedding industry has taken oh, advantage of that. That's if we want to really go there, like the commercialization of things has like yeah. made it this exponentially large and wild and crazy like and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger like Girl, I, I you know, I've literally opened, all of it yeah but well but that's but I would too like if I was getting married because it's been it's been like part of the society that we live in and it's just yeah. grown bigger and bigger like I've had to open credit cards but in order to afford a, a wild bachelorette party for someone wow. or like, you know, oh like gosh. there's, it's, it's uh well, and this was when I was younger where I don't actually do those things if I can't afford it anymore yeah. because I'm like, no, and people are super understanding, but it is a part of the reason. So I don't think it's all of our fault, like in that sense, because it's this fairy tale from when we're young that we think of as a fairy tale and then the fairy tale you have your wedding and I know so many women who have had this story where they um everything is so romanticized and wonderful but like romanticized and this big extravagant wedding and then Mm -hmm. after they're like oh it's just (laughs) life now and like 
and and you know a lot of people aren't aren't like counseled in how to handle that and they expect this like the glitter and glowy like married life and the first year right. can be hard for a lot of couples and if they don't you know uh like oh yeah Jason for five years but a lot of people get married a lot less than mm-hmm. that and then they're like oh right. my gosh like who did I marry yeah yeah you know so that- yeah it's all these pieces together I feel, feel like that's made that made it that way and your wedding day on top of that is a blur um yes. and and Christina was the bridesmaid in my wedding so you were there for all of it but like it is and then your the wedding day itself is a blur and I actually got, I was like dead sick the next day and the, like the next That's two weeks after common. our wedding. Also, so Brittany like, was the chill, like the most chill bride. <laughs> like the absolutely. Yeah. The, it was just, she was so chill. <laughs> I had to have a cup of coffee on my wedding day because I was actually too chill and I was like, I need to like wake up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so true. You know, there's, um, it's much more fun to be a guest at a wedding than Gosh, to be the yeah. actual bride uh-huh. and groom at the wedding. Like yeah, it's nice that people are celebrating you, but you're doing too much. Anyway, this is not an episode about weddings. But like, um, <laughs> no, just but- putting that out there, it is much more fun to be a guest. So if you are guests at wedding after wedding, live it up, have fun, mm-hmm. know that you are like receiving the best of it, the best part of it, the best parts of it. But I think it's so true, you know, like you, um, I think there's some research I remember hearing about um, just in general happiness and the amount of happiness that people have before they're married. And, you know, maybe like there's that honeymoon phase and they get married and then like their personal happiness kind of maybe like you know, there's a little blip, but then it kind of like goes back to where they were. Well, it just goes back to wherever they were at before. And so I think what happens, the problem with some of the commercialization and some of the rhetoric and the narratives behind like the happiness that a relationship will bring you is that the reason why that relationship will bring you happiness is because of who you are, Mm -hmm. not necessarily because that person is going to come and magically change your life. And I think that's like so such a huge part of um, not being with someone is being able to find yourself, find what makes you happy, what makes you like, you know, the things that you love to do and the purpose that you have, the way that you love to impact the world and share who you are um, and, and take up space. I think that's so beautiful because then when, if and when that person does come into yeah. your life, it's not like, oh, yay, you're my knight in shining armor. Come and save me from all of my troubles and make me the happiest <laughs> in the world. No. It's like, I'm already happy. You're a cool, awesome person too. Let's go like, you know, live life together and, you know, like support each other, basically. It's really but- nice when you both have your things that you do and that you love and you're passionate about. And that does come from like you personally. Um, also, yeah, I got married and I still had anxiety. I still had panic attacks. I still had like, like none <laughs> yeah. of that went away. There was still stuff I had to deal with. And some of that was health issue stuff, but like, yeah. So you 100% single or in a relationship either way are going to be you and you're going to take you into either like, and I know we've heard that a million times, but just reiterating like how true that is. Like it doesn't magically mm-hmm. remove some of these things. And it is so nice to have like an individual to go into it with like an individual life that you've kind of like established for yourself and individual passions and like the individual work that you've done on yourself. Like it, that's, that's the stuff that makes it better. 
you know, for sure. And that's the stuff that like, you just get to do when you're single. And I remember being like, I loved my single life so much because <laughs> I had like invested so much in myself. I had my girlfriends, like I felt so like whole with all my other relationships that I told myself, I was like, anybody else who comes into my life, like he has to add to what I already have because exactly. he's not filling any gaps. He's not filling any parts that are missing. Like I already have a, like what I have going is good. Like with my friends, with the life that I've built, with the direction I'm going in, I'm going back to school, I'm working, I'm doing this and that. So like this person isn't going, it's not feeling something that's missing. Like they, they have to add to what I already have going on. And that, that was the other thing. They also can't like take away. They also can't make it worse. Right. Because I had, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this. It's like you spent so many years getting to a place of peace, getting to a place of healing, getting to a place of inner work. And you're just like, I'm not going to let anybody undo like all this work that I've done or drag me under, you know, um, especially I think when you get to your thirties, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm too old for this. I've gotten to this place in my life in this age that anyone who else comes in, if they do, they're going to have to be an addition. Like they're going to have to add to what is already going on. That was my personal outlook. Yeah. yeah. And that's, what's hard. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah, yeah exactly. hard is like, Oh, I'm so established in my life and yeah. in, in what I'm doing or my purpose or my passions that like to find somebody that adds to that, a, a man that adds to that is like, he needs to be a good man and he needs to be, uh, he, he just not does not bring me down, <laughs> you know, for Absolutely. lack of better words, it's just like, and I'm telling you, man, you swipe on these dating apps and you're like, you know what? I'm okay. Like that's what makes <laughs> yeah. you so content because it's like, I, I actually see all these options and I'm okay right now. <laughs> no, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about dating apps because Brittany and I were talking about this. Brittany met her husband through uh -huh. a dating app. I have never been on a dating app and okay. I'm assuming you've been on dating apps um, mm -hmm. from what you've shared. So I would love to hear, first of all, um, Brittany, you can share your experience <laughs> about meeting your husband, but I would also love to hear from Christina what your experience has been like and like <laughs> what you love and hate about it because I've thought about it. I mean, I've, I just haven't gone on them before, but I've heard so many stories. So anyway. <laughs> So mine is kind of crazy. Like, I just, I really do believe like Jason was a God thing. Huh, Christina? Yeah. Like, I mean, and her story like a... is like, that's every story of someone who gets married from a dating app. I feel like it's the, you get on, you find some, like it either happens quickly or it, it's, <laughs> <I don't> know, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had never been on a dating app. And I was in the season of like, I'm not going to date. I'm working on me. I'm going to school. Like, you know, I'm okay whether or not a man is in my life. Like I had gotten to that point, but I knew that at some point I wanted to meet someone. Like I knew at some point I wanted to be married. I knew that's something I desired, not necessarily now, but it was like at some point. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to position myself um, in case there is anyone that I cross paths with. Um, because I didn't see anyone in my, in my current reality, like at my school, because everyone was so much younger and like, at my church, everyone was like all married up, you know, and, and there was no, 
you were either in the singles and you were like 20 and you're in the youth, in the young adults group, or you were in a married group. There was like no in between, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm just going to get, I'm going to try, I'm going to try an app. I did Bumble. I like Bumble because the guys cannot message you unless you message them first. So the girl kind of has more control. And I personally liked that. I wouldn't have like a bunch of crazy messages from guys coming in. So I chose Bumble. I was on, I legit was maybe on there for like a month or two. Like I was not on long. No. I, didn't, I didn't take it seriously though. I was like, I, I was like, I don't think I'm going to find anyone on here, but I, I kid you not. I was swiping yes on one guy for every like no to 100 guys. Mm-hmm. Like I was mostly on there 90% swiping. No, like I just, I was like, I don't know. And then, yeah. And then I came across Jason. We matched, like, it was so casual. He asked, asked me out to dinner and like from there it was instant chemistry and like the rest is history was dinner he, your first date it yeah was, it was right? it yeah. was dinner at Sicily's, at yes, Sicily's that's right. in Valencia right. and like and we were just like okay and and even we took it very casually from there we were just okay I like this person I'm just gonna keep seeing them we didn't like this is my person or we didn't take it super seriously um and and yeah, we just kind of had fun and no pressure along the way. And then eventually, like, obviously now we're married, but, but yeah, he was also only on there for like maybe two months. Like he wasn't on there long either. We were both on there just like, okay, let's try this out. Mm -hmm. Let's see what's out there. Like, didn't take it too seriously. Definitely didn't think we were going to find a spouse. (laughs) Like we definitely didn't, we, we didn't even think we were going to find like someone to date, you know? (laughs) So yeah, so that, that was our experience. Um, I really feel like it was a God thing because it was really just like, we had no expectations whatsoever. Um, and we found each other pretty quickly. And I, and I, and I always am like, like, I'm like, sorry guys. Like, yes, we are like, (laughs) we are those people. Like we are those people who like got on and found the person. And that's the story. (laughs) I know like the wedding I just went to, they met on hinge and it was literally almost the same story where, they both had just been on it a little bit. And then, yeah. um, and so I feel like, I definitely feel like that's a more divine thing because let me tell you the last date that yeah. I went on from Hinge. Okay. <laughs> let me just, I just have to tell you this. So yes. I match with this guy and he um, doesn't even live here, but put Nashville as a location, which is like typically a red flag. But mm, in talking to okay. him, he was coming here for work and he Um, is from a small town in North Carolina. So like, he doesn't meet a lot of people and he was funny. We got along and I was like, you know what? I'll just meet him. Cause I'm, I'm in my season of putting myself out there. (laughs) Okay. So I meet up with him. We have a long and great date. We go to dinner. We, um, like saw some live music. I thought the date went great. I went home. He was like, you're wonderful. Like amazing. Like very into it. Right. I tell him like, Hey, um, it was so great meeting you, but I can't meet up tomorrow. Also two dates in two days is a red flag. But, um, I was like, Oh, I can't meet up tomorrow. Cause he like wanted to, but I was like, it was so nice meeting you. Like we should definitely like, you know, hang talk and whatever. Mm. He never responds. Like so ever, I, ever. So a week goes by, he still doesn't respond. So mm. I, that's called ghosting. So I got ghosted. <laughs> right. So I got ghosted. And then I, you know, as I do make dating jokes on my Instagram, I involve everyone in the process because that to me feels better (laughs) and more, it makes it more fun. 
he DMs, he finds my Instagram, DMs oh. me and is like, I'll still marry you or something like that. And I was like, you do realize you have my phone number. Like you don't need to DM me. You have my phone number. You can just text me back. And he's like, oh, I thought this would be funny. It's now about four weeks later. He is still DMs me every week, like replies to stories, what? like DMs me what he's doing and has still yet to text me back. And that defines modern dating in 2023 so <laughs> it well. It totally does. There is no rhyme or reason. It makes no sense. It's just like, what are these men thinking? I don't even know. I was was wondering if they ever find you on, because you talk about your dating app experiences Uh, online. And I always wondered if like any of them ever reach out to you and find your Instagram. Hopefully they do. I mute mute the the story so they can't see what I'm posting sometimes. Hilarious. Well, maybe they just... Maybe they just need to learn too. They'd be like, oh, I probably shouldn't do that next time. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, oh you're going to ghost me. And then, yeah, people were like, oh, you're going to Taylor Swift him. Like, does he know that? And I'm like, well, now he'll find out. Like, you know, it's like she would have already written three songs about him. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to write a joke. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is amazing. I like that. Is, I, it's so interesting because I think like as women, we are so communicative and in general, like we do tend to be aware of people of how we're coming across or our feelings. And so we tend to communicate. And it's just always so interesting to me. Like I'm, so I haven't been on a dating app and, um, I'm just, you know, I, I feel like I'm 33 and I, I probably should just because, you know, like I'm, that's the, do it for the plot season, as Gen Z says. season of life that I'm in right now. <laughs> do it for the plot. Um, do it for the plot. But it's so funny because I, you know, like maybe when I was 22 or 25, I like, there's so much that I would put up with. And now being 33, I'm such a direct person that like, I think I weed out people just by how I communicate. Like there is an, and you know, and right now, for example, I, I am not in a place right now where I even want to date. I mean... Anyway, it just feels so weird to say that out loud, but it's so true. So this guy asked me um, asked me out recently, and it's just so hard to know like how to tell someone that you are not ready to date. Like you want to focus on yourself, but yeah, I am thirty three, so I probably should. But also, in in this time of my life right now, I'm I'm not into it. And so I was so direct, and I was just like. Well, actually, first of all, he didn't even, and if he's listening to this, I'm so sorry, but um, like he, he asked me to get coffee and I'm always really curious, especially in kind of the subculture that I'm in, like the faith community. I'm really, to me, what's really important is people owning up to what they're asking you for. So if you're on a dating app, you're obviously asking them on a date, like you're, you know, but when it's just in normal, like spiritual faith community, sometimes people just want to like hang out and they're not like willing to, you know, own that they have even interest. And so I was like, yeah, so I was like, so um, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'd be down. And just to clarify, are you asking me out just like as friends? Because you want to get coffee as friends because we had been friends before. I was like, or are right. you asking, you know, or is it more of like more than friends type of thing? And and he was like, oh, you know, it always just starts off as friendship. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I just, I, if you're not willing to own it, I'm 33. I'm not 25. I'm not trying to like just talk to someone. Like you have to 
actually have enough interest to be like, can I take you on a date or yeah. say yes. what it is. And so anyway, Absolutely. I'm just always so clear with people. So it'd be super interesting to see what that would be like on a dating app. I, I feel like- great. I think that's really good. Yeah. I think actually like it's good for men too, because it clarifies things for them. I will say the most confusing, and I think we'll, we'll eventually talk about it, but the most confusing aspects of dating for me ha were always inside the circle of like church where mm -hmm. like now I have my faith, but yes. I, uh, if I'm completely honest, my dream guy, I think now is leans more towards like atheist or like, you know, explore like yeah. open, open-minded mm -hmm. because, um, which is pretty controversial to say as somebody who is a Christian dating blogger. Right. But, um, rather than have these like weird unspoken rules that people don't even know how to function around, right. like to have someone that is just like a solid character and a good human and a good mm -hmm. communicator and a stable person and like tips well, <clears throat> to me just feels a lot more, um, valuable almost than someone who's like profile says he's sold out for Jesus, you know, cause I'm like, you're sold out for Jesus, but like, how do you treat, you know, yes. I don't know. Oh, it's like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, oh yeah. It's, I love that you threw tips well in there. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see that one coming, but yeah. Um, no, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And that's, I think after being, having been in the church for years, yeah. I felt a lot of what you're saying, Christine. And I know we've talked about it where it was like, to me, like it, it it's, it, I think we were taught so much about being equally yoked, right? And that yeah. means having the same faith label as someone like they're a Christian, you're a Christian, or they're in this denomination, you're in this denomination, right? And I think as I got older as well, it was like, I don't, I, I could care less like what you claim, yeah. right? Or what you label or categorize yourself as what matters most to me is the fruit, like, that's what matters. Like, what are you showing? What is your character? How do you treat people? You know, just at a base level, how do you kind of see the world? So even with meeting Jason, Jason was Catholic. He was raised Catholic. I was raised like non-denominational Christian, very different. Um, he, I've been to masses with him and everything. And I'm like, this is very different, <laughs> you know? Um, and now he would say he's like, He's probably leans more toward being like non-denominational Christian, um, but is still like mm -hmm. Catholic in practice. He was raised with that. And yeah. so, um, but at the end of the day, for me, it was like his fruit, his actions, like how his values. So I do think that that's really what it means to be equally yoked. Also personality compatibility is right. really important too. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, just having the same kind of value, similar values in the way that you see life in the world and people. Yeah, especially being in the South, like I'm in the South now. So being a Christian on a dating app mm. now is like, I don't know how to say, I, I like went on the Right Stuff dating app, which was a Christian dating app. Um, and a lot of it is tied to politics now. So yeah. it is very hard than five years ago right now to be a Christian trying to date and find a man who's a Christian who is open-minded, for instance. Yes. That is a lot less common now in these certain denominations where people who were raised in different denominations actually kind of have a more open view of things and maybe like a less um, boxed in view, which feels easier to communicate with men like that. 
Um, so, so throwing like the Southern culture into that mix also is very interesting. Wow. No, that totally makes sense. I've, I, yeah, I dated a guy that was from Tennessee. Um, and I was a lot more, you know, conservative at that time. So we kind of, we were equally yoked as you, um, but now, yes. So, but that is so true though, because, um, before, you know, everyone makes their lists and, um, and, and kind of combining the religious talk with the sociocultural shift of women, I think those two kind of go hand in hand because as, mm-hmm. as culture has shifted, religion has shifted and, and women are shifting. Um, when I was younger, I had this list and it had, and of course he had to be Christian. He had to have this yet. And it was all these kind of things that he believed in or like, I think one of my first initial lists when I was like in my early twenties was like, he had to like, I was super conservative. So like he needed to know how to like garden <laughs> or something. Wow. Oh <laughs> but like he now. Farmer John over there. Farmer John. I did date a guy named John. Um, he wasn't a farmer. Anyway, um, but now my list is so different and it's really hard to talk about it because in some ways, I don't know if I can end up with someone that's from my specific faith community, like being a Seventh-day Adventist or even being a Christian only because like, I'm happy with any of those things, but the things that matter to me most, the things that are priorities to me are how does he treat women? I'm a feminist. So like, you know, is uh, how many Christian feminist men are out there, you know, who, who actually really empower women who don't have a set role for them already when they come into their lives that this is your role this is how you have to relate to me but like i'm just looking for an equal and and a partner and that can Mm -hmm. be so so hard to find and so i'm I'm trying not to be black and white about it i'm not trying you know trying not to say oh i can't date a christian i can't date an adventist i can't date whatever um but those are priorities and sometimes they're not found in those groups anymore and so it it makes it a little more complicated yeah i'll be honest i used to think that evangelical christianity was the only form of christianity like i in my Fair. head i didn't have That's i true. was never conservative because i'm from iranian parents my dad's a scientist so like there are certain elements like <laughs> We were like very pro Obama, like, you know, this just like dates yeah. back, but I had evangelical mindset about a lot of things, um, came when it came to dating, especially. Right. So, um, I have since learned there are so many ways to be a Christian. There are so many denominations. There are so many ways to identify as that, that is not the evangelicalism that I grew up in. And it's been a breath of fresh air to meet Christians, who, and not saying everyone in evangelicalism, like I know uh, my my brother is still very much in it. And I love my brother and, um, his wife and, and I, I know people, but, um, for the most part, uh, people that I know who've expanded outside of that are people who may lean liberal or like have different, uh, outlooks on things that they've always had. They never had the evangelical mindset. Right. Right. And they've always been a Christian, but they've always been a Christian with certain. And that was so eye opening for me and very humbling experience. Oh, that's that's really encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. Actually, (laughs) yeah, there's a there's a there is a spectrum of thought within the church more than people realize. I, I think that everyone's kind of in their bubbles and their echo chambers. And so when you're in those or, you know, you think, oh, this is what every Christian thinks and believes or this is how every Christian operates. And when you come out of that bubble. You know, you realize, oh, 
there's there's a real big spectrum even within yeah. Christianity. That's why even we say this with therapy and finding a Christian therapist, the ther- that doesn't mean the therapist believes what you believe. Same with dating. You know, it's yeah. like just because a guy says that he's Christian or says that he's from the same faith as you, that doesn't automatically mean that you guys share like all the same views on everything or um or even our compatible personality wise or what have you there's there's so many there's a lot of other factors to consider especially when you're talking about potentially spending the rest of your life mm-hmm. with someone these 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 things that seem small actually are, are are pretty important um to be thinking about as well um but yeah you know just speaking to the sociocultural shift you know i think on top of that I saw a, a TikTok about this the other day. I love that TikTok is now our references um, <laughs> as as millennials these days. But this girl was talking about how now men actually have to bring more to the table than they did in the past. And it's kind of what you said before, Christina, about how like now that you're older and like like you know who you are and what you want, you're like, I'm good because like the you have you have more standards because now women can provide for themselves, right? Now women are going to college and now they can have careers. Now they can have their own bank accounts, which women weren't even allowed to have their own bank account in what this until the seventies where the man, the bank account had to be under the man's name. Right. And so, so much had to be assets had to be under the man. Well, now that women can have their own assets and they can have their own, you know, jobs and incomes to take care of themselves. Right. Now women don't need men for that anymore in order to carry on and go on with their lives. Um, I mean, I would like a sugar daddy. I mean, <laughs> it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Um, and again, nothing is wrong with um, if that is something that a woman does want. Right, right. right. Okay, so just yes. putting that out there, I know we're talking about like women being very independent and individualistic, but a part of being pro-woman is also obviously being pro-women like pro who, whatever want, the who want a more wants. traditional life too. Like, right. If you want to be right. the stay-at-home mom, go off. Like I'm jealous a little bit. Um, and you want the man to provide wonderful, you know, but getting back to my original point, (laughs) because of that, because women can now provide these foundational things for themselves, men are now required to bring more to the table than they had to historically. Right. So before all a man kind of had to present was I can put food on your table and a roof over your head and provide you assets. The father handed the daughter off to the husband to take care of her because she needed that shelter, Mm -hmm. that sheltering. She needed that covering. So now women don't need that as much. So now men actually have to bring things to the table like emotional intelligence, relational (laughs) skills to open parts of themselves that they weren't, that they didn't in the past, you know, and maybe challenging what, some of these things like toxic masculinity look like, right? So now women are wanting these other, even more inner qualities from men um, because they can they can provide the outer ones for themselves now. So that's really interesting. And I think that's what's becoming difficult with dating, especially in your 30s and up now is now it's like men are being challenged to provide more and they were raised to where, oh, all you have to do is get a job and provide for your family, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, no, women are asking for more now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like 
it used to be a point of survival, right? For women. Yeah. So like going from a survival mode to a, 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 like wanting something um, just out of wanting and not needing it is very mm. different. Um, and, you know, now, even if you buy a house, if you're a single woman and you buy a house under the paperwork on the, it says single woman, like it's still, it's still like, has to designate because cause it used to just be like, we're just still under a different category of like human to oh. a lot of institutions, to a lot of things. But um, I, I feel like it's just so interesting now um, because uh, like you were saying, you want a man to add to your life and not take away. And um, I love all my male friends and I love my, uh, female friends that are married. And I know a lot of my friends' husbands and they're just phenomenal men. And they, they, like, they love to like, um, brag about their wives and they really, they just Aww. are. And they, they set a really difficult standard because <laughs> I don't think there's like a significantly large amount of men who are, I don't know, maybe there is more than I know, but it feels harder to match and go on dates. Cause you're like, Oh my God, this, this is just not going to work for me, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, and for men, I'm sure it's different. It's very different too, you know, and they only knew what they knew growing up. And so, exactly. um, it is a different dynamic now. Yeah. I'm really happy for women for where they're at in their, you know, in our story um, of empowerment. Um, and I think, I feel in some ways, I feel for men who are trying to date, especially as they get older and we get older and we become more empowered. That is kind of uncharted territory for some people because um, the way that probably many men grew up, especially in this type of uh, culture that we're in, which is, you know, especially in Christian cultures that are a little bit more patriarchal, you're not taught how to date a woman that doesn't need you for those things. Um, and, and so I hear things a lot from men that are like, they're really frustrated and, oh, you know, women just, they just want another girlfriend out of me. You know, they just want someone that's just going to talk to them about all of the stuff and, you know, be super emotional. Well, that's not me. And, you know, what do women want nowadays? And I've heard men that are like really just angry at the situation and, mm. First of all, for me, to those types of men, I would say, um, if you are still like angry and blaming women, then there's probably a little bit more of that um, inner work and understanding of of yourself that needs to happen because that that's what happened with me too. I did go through a phase where I was angry at men and blaming them, but I think um, this actually has this time of life is like this time in history is really important because I think we are redefining what relationships look like and what men and women need. And we're also redefining um, how much men are allowed to be connected to their feelings, emotions, to self-disclose, to be vulnerable. And I think that's really empowering for men in ways that they are, are just now learning. Women yeah. have always been allowed to be nurturing. We've always been allowed to support one another. We have our little girl gangs where, you know, growing up, we chit chat and we like talk about all the stuff we process things. And yeah, and maybe in general, it, like we do that more than most guys do. But I think, um, you know, the whole idea of, 
of, you know, boys aren't allowed to cry and they have to put on a face and all of that, that 100% shows itself in a romantic relationship where the foundation of happiness is relational safety. And in order to have that relational safety, you have to know how to be vulnerable. You have to know mm-hmm. how to communicate. You have to know how to make, to look out for someone else's feelings and know how to communicate how you're feeling. So these are just really important skills that in the past, I think have just been like, oh, no worries. You're going to take care of me. Like I'll get all of this from my female friends and you know, like this is my role and this is what I have to kind of, this is what I get when I marry a male. And that's just, those aren't the rules anymore. So anyway, it is just so interesting being in this like time of our history. And I think it's really beautiful, empowering, but I also do like, I do feel bad for guys sometimes. (laughs) This really ties into just owning who you are as a single, like empowered, independent woman. Um, because sometimes like the whole pressure that people put on you and, and, you know, as people who are single to get into a relationship, um, it's like you would either have to settle for someone or you'd have to change yourself. And Mm. so maybe you could just like speak to that really quick before we like, uh, wrap it, wrap it up with, um, some mindset stuff, but um, what, what has your experience been with that? With just like that feeling of like, okay, yeah, sure. I would get into a relationship, but I would either have to settle or I'd have to change myself. Like being that, you know, beautiful, amazing, strong, independent female that you are. Yeah. Um, I feel like I used to kind of, I used to struggle with that when I was younger, but I don't, I genuinely, I don't really have a capacity anymore to think about the ways of compromising who I am to be with someone. I did that a lot when I was younger. I tried to be a perfect Christian woman, whatever, like Proverbs 31 type woman. Oh, if I'm more like this or more like this, then he's going to choose me or want to be with me or want to marry me. And now I'm like, oh, I actually get to choose who I'm going to date. Like I'm going to choose you, right? Like it's not about someone choosing me. It's about um, both of us choosing each other. So um, I think there are, there are things that I've learned in dating where I want to give men a chance. And if they don't check off all these boxes, like that's okay. Like he is still like who he is and I can learn from him or I can learn from this and um, you never know. But I do have a sense now of like when I'm compromising myself and when I'm just um, perhaps being a little more open-minded than I went into it with. That's so great. No, I think um, when you become really settled in who you are, it's, yeah. it, it, it's not a question of what I need to do to fix anything change anything in order to have this status this this relationship status it's just what is meant for me in life whether that's Mm -hmm. a relationship or something else or career or purpose or whatever is gonna come and it's gonna stick at the right time if it's meant to and i think that's such a beautiful free way to live and i actually think that um men really should um men and women you know whoever your partner is like that's the type of person you want to be with ultimately Um, because yeah, I I just feel like that sets such a foundation. So jumping into going into this holiday season, you know, for those of us who are going to go and uh, maybe you're listening right now and and you are not super settled in your, you know, in this um, time of your life, you know, in your status as being single, maybe you just really want to be in a relationship. You're feeling that pressure 
and you're going to go into the holidays and people are going to ask questions. What are some um, mindsets that we can have that will be really supportive to our nervous system to just like, <laughs> you know, the, the questions or just the sense of self that we need to have going into the season? I mean, I would just say it's not you, it's them, <laughs> you know, like you, it's not you, like you're, you're doing great. Like you're killing it. You're doing great. Like you get to have the things in life that you want. And, um, you know, you can put yourself out there as much as you want, but you can also just not. And when people ask, like now for me, I kind of, um, people don't ask as much. Cause I'm like, you can just go online and find out what I think, like, <laughs> what did I post yesterday? you know, it's like, but, um, also, there are multiple member, single members uh, in my family. So my, I think my aunt and my dad, they're just like, well, like, we don't know what's going on with you guys, like, but whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you get to do you and all this pressure. It's not a substance. Like it's not real. It's people's made up perception, not made up, but it's their perceptions and it's what they think and what they, but it, what matters is, you know, when not to not to be cliche, but when, you know, you get old or when you, you know, pass away, it's like, what did you want? What did you do? Cause mm-hmm. all your happiness. And that's what matters. If you're happy, no, people can't take that away. So that's, what's really important. Thoughts on, I've seen way too many, um, movies, holiday movies, thoughts on finding someone on a dating app to bring home to your family for the holidays. Okay. I would do this. I would <laughs> do that. No, I thought about maybe doing it this year because when I read that. I just that, think that would be so funny. Yeah, I think it'd be really funny to, that'd be very funny. I'm I'm not <laughs> it'd a be funny. I may, I know, I may do it like next year. There's not <laughs> enough time to really do it this year, but. Yeah, you got to grill them on the facts about yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, why not? Have a good time. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know what? I, I would totally do that. I would want to find someone who's maybe like an actor and be like, oh, like we don't like each other at all, like in real life, but like, <laughs> and we can totally make this into a game. Like, you know, this is who I, this is what our love story was like, like create this whole thing and then have everyone just watch as you're like in the corner, like loving on each other and his arm is around your waist. And you're just like, this is so fun. Just like making everyone. And that's everyone... how you fall in love. I mean, that's how I was going to say <laughs> in the movie, then they always end up end falling up in love with the fake fiance. <laughs> So putting that out there for some holiday fun. Um, And then, um, yeah, what about like you're getting lonely during the holidays and now you're thinking about, you know, your ex is coming back up and you're revisiting kind of the memories of that, of of your ex or um, that person who you're not really interested in, but they've, they've been interested in you for a while and you know it. And now you're starting to feel a little sentimental about like maybe giving them a chance. Cause you kind of want someone around the holidays, like thoughts and feelings about that, about like, you know, kind of filling those gaps with people that are around. Um, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> um, go out with the guy that, you're you're like oh I don't know maybe there is something I would say like go out with him the ex thing when that comes up go to a girlfriend's house <laughs> just go yes. out with a girlfriend like hey girl he ain't worth it they're never <laughs> worth it okay like very rarely yeah. um and yeah just uh there's a reason it ended <laughs> there's a reason it ended yeah 
I love that advice. Like, yeah, I feel like when you asked that question, there were like two parts of me. The one part of me <laughs> is like the non-therapist, just kind of, you know, I think there are seasons of life where you do need to like learn through experiences um, for sure. And maybe you just kind of like need someone and you you want to have someone around for the holidays, you're lonely. Sure, you can go just like have someone for the holidays, but just know that there are always going to be consequences of yeah. your of your actions and your choices. So the the other side of me, um, definitely the same for the ex. Um, I just recently told a client this. I was like, whenever you start thinking about your ex and you start getting jealous of other girls who he might like, I want you to remember not just the beginning of their like of their or your story together where there was all this chemistry and all the lovey-dovey feelings. I want you to remember that that person that you're jealous of is still going to get the same version of him that made you want to break up with him. The trauma. Remember, remind yourself of the trauma. The trauma. Remember the ghosting. Remember the stonewalling. Remember the gaslighting. And remember that you are so much more worth it. Go see your friend, hang out, do something fun. Um, and yeah, I would actually say the same thing too. If there is someone that you're like open to that you're like, maybe then why not go out with them? See, see what would happen. And lastly, for the person who actually is genuinely like feeling lonely and they, they really are tired of coming to the holidays being the only single person every single time, like, and they're in a place where they want to be with someone like they 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 are wondering like man when is it going to be my turn when is it going to be my time like any encouragement or or words from experience that you want to give that person um who's actually just tired of being single during the holidays and tired of having no one to bring home and actually wants to be with someone right now yeah i think that's such a normal desire I feel like just validating how normal that is. And like, also yes. what you said earlier, it's like how quickly life can change. And so um, if you can, you know, keep yourself present and acknowledge the way you feel, and then like, what are some actions that you can take to help, yeah. um, you know, help yourself in that moment. And like, I have just phenomenal friends, you know, I've always been someone who really establishes good friendships around me. And they, if I were to call you and be like, Hey, I'm really lonely and I have no one for the holiday. Like I'm coming for Thanksgiving. I'm like, Hey, are you around? Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't just be with my family. Like absolutely. You know, I love them, but <laughs> I need to see my people. And even if I feel very lonely when I'm with people who really love me, including my family, but if like I see Brittany and it, it really changes the way that I feel. So you're totally normal for feeling that way. We all have felt that way and, um, just do something for yourself that will help, you know, remind yourself how loved you are. I love that. Such yeah. good advice. I, I do think that, um, loneliness can be hard and we're going to do a whole episode on that, um, loneliness during the holidays. But, um, yeah, if you are that person that is just like, man, I really want to be with someone, you definitely, you know, First of all, trust the process, trust the process of life. Like there's just so much that you don't know, you can't see, um, but also take this time to really find your community. Like maybe it's not just loneliness with, with not having a person, but maybe there is some loneliness in general with 
not having like really those really deep friendships. And that is actually like such that takes time and skill as you get older. It takes a lot of vulnerability and courage. And so like being able to to support yourself in that way, too. And um, and, you know, always just keep putting yourself out there if you really want to get if, if that's your you know, if that's something that you really want, like don't be afraid of, of putting yourself out there and learning more about like what makes you happy so that you can be the happiest version of yourself um, while you wait and while you're, you know, while you're in that time. So, and as a person who in our friend group, we have a mix of couples and singles. Like it is very mixed. Um, You know, sometimes I've had like my single friends be like, but don't you, don't you feel like we're like the, the third person or don't you feel like this and that? And I'm like, no, like I actually mm-hmm. don't feel that at all. Like, um, because even though we're made up of couples, I don't know, in my mind, we still all feel like individuals to me. And, um, I don't see my friends based on their relationship status, or I don't see their presence. I don't see their presence as like, um, better or worse because of their relationship status. So just knowing that if you are that single friend who is coming around, um, you do not feel like you do not feel like the odd man out, like in, at least in my eyes, like I I don't feel this highlighted focus on the fact that you are the person without someone like that doesn't even cross my mind at all. Um, we just love having you and having you around and you being there adds to, um, to everyone that's there with or without a person. Like we're happy for you if you do bring someone around, but like, Mm -hmm. it makes no difference to us if you don't. So just want to put that out there because I know that that's come up within our group and um man I I we freaking love third wheeling let me just say (laughs) oh I love it I was gonna say like I third wheel or fifth wheel a lot with my friends I love it I love it because like they're my I love being around my friends and their husbands or their partners because it's like two wonderful people you know like (laughs) I I never feel I have relationships with everybody. So like, I never feel like exactly. Yeah. And I think that is key is at the end of the day, as much as, you know, it's important to have these conversations and help people know that like people are, you know, you, you don't like, we don't need to identify people solely by their relationship status. At the end of the day, it's your own view of yourself. That's really going to help you stay kind of grounded throughout it all is just knowing like, I belong in every and any context and like I am a, a like a fun great person with or without someone like who I am is so much more than my relationship status and the more that you can lean into your identities outside of that identity just the more I think full life will be personally so totally. um Anyway, we have, uh, as we wrap this up, we have one thing. Let's see if we oh. can do this. We have one little game that we Oh, that's show. right. So the, this is a story chain. So we're going to start off the story, and each one of us is going to continue the story um, until, I don't know, we'll see. But like, um, so we started off with a little phrase. And then everyone just adds on and it can be like a phrase or sentence or whatever. So we'll go like round robin real quick. And is the theme like single dating during the holidays? Yes. Yes. Okay. And it it can be any type of story that we want it to be. Okay. So I'll start off. My friend went to my house and she 
decided to get a boyfriend for Christmas. But when she looked at dating her boyfriend, she wasn't impressed with her choice period so then she broke up with him even though she (laughs) wasn't sure what his family (laughs) was like period now she wants to marry a bigger (laughs) bank account so she can go everywhere that she wants period That was okay. so great. Wow, that I got really like, shallow. Really did, quick. did it start off with my friend? I was like so confused. I was like, is this about the friend or me now? Anyway, that was, oh, that was funny. Thanks for our little story time, guys. Christina, where can those who are listening stay connected with you and all that you're doing? I am on all the the social media things as edgy Christina Hart is my handle. The reason is because once I said I felt like women could be pastors and these guys were like, wow, so edgy. So I stuck with it. (laughs) Edgy Christina. Be sure to follow her in the show notes. You guys, thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, let's continue the conversation and stay connected on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, all linked in the show notes below. Let us know your thoughts or leave a review on the podcast. Your feedback really does mean so much to us. Until next time.